Our scripture lesson this day is from the Gospel of Luke. We are in the sixth chapter, and I'll begin with the 46th verse. Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against the house, but could not shake it, because it had been built well. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. Thanks be to God. Today we finish our four-part series um, we've called Parables for the Pandemic. And Ian and I have done this preaching as, uh, in, di- in dialogue form in order that we might fill out each parable um, with two sets of eyes and two sets of ears and in two voices. And as we've said, parables come at truth with a slant. And parables require us to use our imaginations Jesus was always challenging his hearers by offering them new ways of seeing the world, their reality, um, challenging them to seek deeper truth through the parable. And as Jesus repeatedly said, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, God's kingdom will be revealed. So in this week's parable, Jesus again uses metaphors familiar with his hearers. In our first parable four weeks ago, uh, we explored what kind of soil produces healthy growth, a healthy crop. And in the second week, we read about the laborers in the vineyard who worked very hard, but were paid not what they deserved, but what the landowners, um, based on the landowners' compassion. The third parable was a cautionary tale about a rich farmer who foolishly stored up his surplus crops, and uh, one night his life was taken from him without warning. And in this parable today, a person is building a house, and the choice is either to build the house upon a rock or on a faulty foundation um, that will not last. Which foundation he chooses will determine whether the house will survive uh, the pressure of a raging river. And we have certainly seen in our world um, our share of raging rivers these Mm -hmm. days. And um, while hopefully the whole house isn't collapsing, Mm -hmm. the the recent pandemic and the racial unrest, they've both uh, contributed to helping us to see Uh, fault lines, cracks in our country's foundation. And so in this last sermon, we want to reflect on what we can do as individuals and as a community to strengthen uh, that foundation going forward. So near the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, um, we read this. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that in some ways, encapsulates all of Jesus' message. Mm. Repent. And that word repent in Greek is metanoia, which uh, has a much richer, more interesting meaning than just that heavy-laden 
guilt-ridden mm -hmm. um, word that we think of when we say repent. Mm -hmm. Metanoia, uh, it's, it means to see the world in a whole new way and to mm -hmm. expand our, our mind, open our hearts, um, to embrace a new way of, of seeing things. Mm -hmm. And now, more than ever, we need to repent. Right. We need to change. We, uh, if we're going to build a new, stronger foundation in our community, in our country, it's gonna begin with individuals like us doing everything we can, doing the hard work mm -hmm. it takes to see things in new ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many of us at Montview are we're well-educated, um, but in some areas we are surprisingly uninformed. Hmm. For example, many of us don't really know our history, uh, the history of this country all that well, especially certain mm -hmm. parts of it. And um, many of us don't know really the laws and policy, the policing practices uh, of our city and our state all that well. Mm -hmm. Now, ask a Native American about our history and you will learn things that you didn't know. Mm. Ask an African-American about policing practices yeah. because they can tell you. We tend to educate ourselves about things that impact us. And if you think about it, it's a reflection of our own privilege and our own uh, entitlement that there are so many things that we don't take the time to learn about, mm -hmm. to educate comes from the root educare, and it means to lead out. Mm -hmm. And to educate ourselves about injustice mm -hmm. is to lead us, all of us, out of its darkness. Mm -hmm. When one group is privileged over another, that privilege hurts all of us. We're all trapped by it. Mm -hmm. And if we're serious about Jesus's message of repentance, of seeing things in a new way, well, then one of the most powerful things we can do as individuals is to educate ourselves mm -hmm. about things that impact not just our particular lives, but the whole community. Mm. I recently read uh, these words by Martin Luther King Jr. Um, from 1968 as he witnessed the racial unrest of his time. And I find his words uh, still speak uh, and speak to the tectonic shifts taking place uh, around us right now. Dr. King said, the black revolution is much more than a struggle for the rights of blacks. It is forcing America to face all of its interrelated flaws, racism, poverty, militarism, and materialism. It is exposing the evils that are rooted and embedded deeply in the whole structure of our society. It reveals systemic rather than superficial flaws and suggests that racial reconstruction, that radical reconstruction of society itself must be faced. We certainly are in a torrent uh, crashing upon a house that has been built upon shaky ground. 400 years ago, our nation uh, was built upon the foundation of slavery. Our economy depended upon slavery as the system for its growth and its wealth. And racism and violence are the legacy of American slavery. And as Dr. King prophetically warned, when the structure is challenged by a torrent of unrest, a radical reconstruction must be faced. 
And through the prophets, God commanded the people to build their community on the foundation of compassion for those on the margins, for the poor, for the widow, for the orphan, for the immigrant. So hospitality for one's neighbor and to care for the most vulnerable were to be the bedrock of God's household. A beautiful example of a house built on the foundation of the care for the stranger is Casa de Pa. It's, it means a house of peace. And Mamu Church partners with Casa de Pa, which is an organization that responds to the needs of immigrants as they are released from the ICE detention center in Aurora nearby. Uh, Casa de Pa's founder, Sarah Jackson, has a remarkable story. As a young woman, Sarah opened her heart and her home to strangers by practicing radical hospitality. And Sarah's new book is called The House That Love Built. Casa is an example of God's community that can be built upon the bedrock of love for one's neighbor. Every one of us is called to work both on our own personal foundation and on the foundation of a more just and fair community where everyone is treated with dignity. As individuals, this includes doing the hard work of educating ourselves, of reading books and joining groups and voting and staying engaged in public life and civic life so that we understand and appreciate the experiences of the whole community. And by doing so, we begin to see things then in a new perspective. We repent. Hmm. We see things uh, anew and we set ourselves free in that process. Hmm. And then as a community, it means working to put the structures in place, the laws, policies, and the practices that are grounded in a different ethic, an ethic of compassion and welcome. It means building a casa de pa, hmm. a house of peace. And importantly, it means acknowledging where we have failed to do this in the past. It means repenting of that sin so that we can move mm -hmm. forward. And it's, you know, it's all such hard work. And so much of it mm -hmm. is, is frightening to us and painful work. Yeah. And if we're honest, we, we maybe wish it, we could just avoid it all. And it will be tempting when things, if things, <laughs> if and when mm -hmm. things settle down in our country, uh, to fall back into some old patterns and old ways. But this parable is a holy warning. Until we get the foundation right, the house we build, it will not stand. And God has given the church um, resources and gifts to do this important work. Despite the many uh, examples throughout history of the church being co-opted by the forces of hatred or greed or prejudice, which is part of our work to do in repentance, communities of faith can offer um, language and practices we so desperately need right now. It's hard to talk about these things and so hard to acknowledge our own prejudice and our failures of courage. But the church at its best is a place where we are safe to speak without shame about our own racism. God calls us to be honest about the ways 
that we are complicit with systems um, of privilege, that privilege some of God's children over others. And the church uses language um, of confession of sin, of forgiveness, of reconciliation. And so it's time to use them, and it's time to mean them. In our first sermon on the parable of the sower, we talked about how the rocky soil of our country is being tilled up and how the tilling can feel disruptive and even violent. We conclude this series with an image of hope. We hope this disruption has readied the soil for us to dig deeper with more honesty and humility to reconstruct a foundation for a house that welcomes all God's children. May it be so. Amen.